Hello everyone, I'm Jonathan Little. I'm here today with episode 291 of Weekly Poker Hand. I hope you're having a fantastic week. We're going to continue going over another exciting hand from Best Bet Jacksonville. We are playing 1025 with a $50 straddle. As we see, uh, Bart here has King Two of Hearts in the straddle. Let's see what happens. Mattis has pocket threes in early position and likes to raise it up to $75, which is perfectly fine and viable. George, well, let's slow down what's happening here. All right, on the button, Shane elects to call with nine six of hearts, which is perfectly fine. Shane has proven to be a generally loose, splashy, aggressive player. Um, George, same story. Deep stacked, loose, splashy, aggressive player, sticks around with eight five of hearts. And for 50 more dollars, Bart's going to call with king two of hearts. And I think that is all fine and good. You may say, should nine six of hearts be calling preflop on the button? It could three bet. It could call. Um, you'll find that even the kind of junky suited connectors flop well enough to the point that you should probably see a flop with them, especially when you're relatively deep stacked. All right, flop comes king six two, giving Bart top and bottom pair. Maybe his luck is changing. He's lost every hand we've uh, observed so far, but maybe he'll finally win one. So he checks, as he should do with his whole range. He should be checking in this scenario to the initial raiser. Initial raiser should frequently bet. Um, so he checks. Mattis, the initial raiser, likes to check here, which is perfectly fine. Uh, it's pretty likely whenever you are playing very multi-way, three ways, four ways, especially four ways, five ways, six ways, that someone has something. And if it's not you, well, it's probably someone else. So in this scenario, it's not Mattis, so he should just check. And he's checking with the idea that he's just going to check fold. And that's fine. It's okay to give up. So he does elect to check. And it checks around to Shane on the button with middle pair. He has nine six of hearts on king six two, two diamonds. And I think betting or checking is fine. And I probably would bet here. This is a scenario where you can bet. And then if you get raised, you can fold. If you get called, you don't really love it. Hopefully you can just see a cheap showdown. So I like that strategy. He does bet $150, which is reasonable. I probably would have gone a tiny bit bigger, like 200. I think betting a little bit bigger will just give you a little bit more fold equity and also make it more clear that if you get raised, you're just against a strong made hand or a strong draw, in which case you can get out of the way. I think when you bet 150 or 100 or 75, you start to induce your opponents to stick around a little bit wider and you induce them to raise a little bit more often because they're thinking you're just betting to try to pick up the pot, right? Especially given uh, Shane has proven to be relatively loose and aggressive. So anyway, he bets 150, folds around to Bart with top and bottom pair on king, six, two, two diamonds. Now, normally, this is not a scenario where you want to have much of a raising range because, like, what nut hands does Bart has? have? Bart has king six and king two, right? I guess he has pocket sixes and pocket twos. So it's not all that many combinations of hands, right? It's different if it's um, something like king nine seven because then he also has nine seven and pocket sevens and pocket nines and uh, king nine and king seven, right? There's just more combinations of nut hands. So this is a spot where Bart really just doesn't get to raise all that often. That said, in this game, which is relatively loose, relatively splashy, I think it probably is right just to go ahead and raise. If you are against the king, the king is just not going to fold. If you're against a good draw, the draw is not going to fold. So I like raising, and I think I'd make it sizable here. Um, I think I'd make it something like 600. That will allow Shane to call with a lot of stuff, right? A lot of marginal made hands while also getting a decent amount of money in against the draws. It is worth mentioning Bart has $4,200 behind, so 
Um, he was starting effectively, let's call it 90 big blinds deep. I think it is probably best to raise, but this is a scenario where you have to be careful with raising with too many bluffs because a lot of people look at king six two and think automatically, all right, I'm going to raise with all my flush draws. I'm going to raise with all my gut shot straight draws. But that's probably way too many bluffs if you have all the combinations of the gut shots. Now, you may not have all the combinations of the gut shots, right? You may only have the suited combinations, in which case that strategy probably is not all that out of line. So I think that's certainly reasonable. Anyway, he gets back around to Bart. He gives it some thought. And uh, he he should raise here, I think. And he does put in a raise. Let's see how much he makes it. He makes it uh, 550 bucks, so that's perfectly fine. And now back around to Shane, and I think this is just a fold. In this scenario, Bart is going to have a whole lot of strong-made hands. And to be fair, Bart may even raise a hand like King-Queen here. I think that's that's also fine, especially if you do want to raise with a few more like gut shot combinations or hands like 7-5 of clubs for backdoor flush draw with backdoor straight draw. Um, so in this scenario, Shane's just not loving this spot because he's either against a premium made hand that has 9-6 um, in terrible shape. As we see here, he has a whopping two outs. That's not where you want to be. Or he's against a draw, and a lot of those draws have a lot of equity. So you just need to fold here. The problem is, is that this hand just plays so poorly on the future betting rounds because the turn is usually going to bring an overcard, which completes some of the flush draws to improve them to a better hand. And if you are against the king, you're just already dead, and the king's probably not going to fold given the way Shane has been playing. Shane's been very active, like I said. So Shane makes a very interesting play where he clicks it back pretty much. He was facing a raise to 550. He now makes it 650, or 650 on top, so he makes it 1,200. And Bart has 3,600 behind total. So he has to call 650 more. He has 3,600 behind. This is weird. Um, normally, when you get face a clickback, you're going to be against either a super nut hand, like a set of sixes, or you're going to be against a very, very oddly played bluff. Now, the oddly played bluffs are usually going to be the bluffs that don't have a ton of equity. Um... And they're trying to generate fold equity. So that's going to be usually hands like gut shots, if I had to guess. Now, obviously, the gut shots are not... There, there should not be all that many combinations of gut shots on King 6-2. And, um, and when that's the case, usually your opponent's just finding some other hand to bluff with, like maybe 7-5 of clubs. In this case, though, he decided to turn middle pair into a bluff. And I'm really not a fan of turning the middle pair into a bluff against Bart's range, because if Bart does have a good draw, he's just going to jam it all in. A lot of the time or he may call and then try to get there but i think he's probably just going to jam it in and i presume you're going to fold the nine six um with king two though what should bart do well against the sporadic bluffs that we're trying to get fold equity like nine or seven five of clubs i think you definitely want to call because your opponent's going to fold to a shove right against just weirdly played hands like this nine six do you want to call or do you want to jam well you'd rather call because you have to presume hands like 9-6 or 6-4 or something like that is going to fold if you jam. Whereas they may elect to bluff or catch up to, to pair if you call, right? So the only time calling is not particularly great is when you're against exactly a good draw, like a flush draw, like 4-3 of diamonds. Because against 4-3 of diamonds, you would rather just go ahead and get it all in. Because at this point, if Bart does call, the pot's going to go up to $2,600, and he's going to have 3000 behind. And on pretty much any turn, you can't really justify folding to a bet. You may say, well, aren't you worried about the diamond draws? I mean, yeah, but listen to the range I just listed, right? A lot of that is not diamond draws. So 
I suppose the only really bad turns are something like the five, four, or three of diamonds. And every other card is just a card that you have to stack off on. So I think this is a spot where, given I do imagine Shane's range is wider than just super nut hands and premium draws, I think the best play is to call and give him every opportunity to bluff on the turn. So Bart's giving it some thought. Trying to figure out what's going on. Sometimes you just don't know what's going on, and that's okay. Very often in poker, when you're playing against loose, aggressive, splashy players, you just will not know what is going on. By the way, I know there's a little bit of dead space here, and to be fair, Bart's playing pretty fast. Um, if you are listening to this podcast, there's a, there's a video version of this available at jonathanlittlepoker.com WPH, and also on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash poker coaching. So check that out if you want to see the video footage of this hand, thanks to Best Bet Jacksonville. All right. Turn is a jack of clubs, Bart checks, and now, does Shane need to bluff here? And I would think the answer is no. I think the right play here is probably just to check behind on the turn and then conceivably call a river bet on safe rivers. You may say, why would you call on the river? Well, you beat the, the, you beat the busted draws, right? So if the river is not a diamond, I think it's probably safe enough to call if Bart jams the river. But the problem with jamming the turn here is that yeah, you may make Bart fold some draws, but the thing is now is that you're decently far ahead of the draws, right? So if you check behind on the turn, keeping all the draws in Bart's range, he is going to be on the river some portion of the time with just like seven high or queen high or whatnot, right? And those hands are going to feel really inclined to bluff, in which case you can snap them off with the 9-6. So if I somehow found myself in this scenario, I think I would check back and then call a river bet. The problem with jamming, like I said, is that um, you're just always getting called by the strong hands. I do think Bart is capable enough to just call with strong hands. I mean, as, as he did, right? And most good players are going to realize they need to probably slow play here to just give all the draws every possible opportunity to bluff. Anyway, Shane does rip it all in, and Bart has an easy call. He beats everything besides King Jack and uh, pocket sixes. So, no-brainer call in my mind. He gets his money. He piles his money in. So, nice call by Bart. And, um, well, Shane needs a six. Let's see if Bart's uh, unluck remains, and this time it does not. River's an ace, and Bart finally gets to win a hand at Best Bet Jacksonville. So that's going to be it for this episode of Weekly Poker Hand. I hope you enjoyed it. hope you have a great week. Good luck. Have fun. Be nice to someone. And I'll talk to you next time.